We're starting another podcast. That's all right. I'm starting my own podcast. It's going to be casual conversations with creators and people that I love and admire. And uh, the space might look kind of similar, but that's because that's my office. But it won't always be here. We're going to be taking it on the road, uh, very casual. So don't get too used to this set. If you guys have any suggestions for people that you would love to see on this podcast, I'm even willing to fly some people over here. Uh, I'd love to know who you guys would want to see on here. And we have an incredible first guest. Okay, first episode. First official episode of the Maddie Apoya podcast with none other than Chris Howe. Bro, I'm honored. You sent me that text and I was like, I dropped my phone. I was like, really? <laughs> Number one? Thank you. Heck yeah. Sponsored, not sponsored by Bubbly over here. <laughs> Just loving the Bubblies. Uh, I I think this is like a super fun podcast to start with because I feel like I don't even know a lot of the things about like your origin story and even from the outside like you're a you're an incredible filmmaker incredible photographer entrepreneur business you run like a freelance thing like I don't like what do hey, you, thank you. <laughs> this is also nice I, I, I'm I'm curious like what in your brain what do you call yourself like what are you right now oh, man I mean that's that honestly is a tough one I think it, it's like all dependent on who I meet sometimes so like to the like if I meet somebody in like a coffee shop lineup or something like that, I will just say YouTuber because I, I, it took me a long time to get to a place to say that mm. like with a lot of confidence. So for a lot of years, I'd always be like, I'm a videographer, or creative director. Yep. And, and, and that sounded important to me. And I was a little like not ashamed of the YouTube thing, but I think because a lot of people don't understand it. I was always a little hesitant to say it. So now I like saying that first and owning that and feeling that because that is really like primarily where I'm spending most of my time now. So let's just say YouTuber. <laughs> but I wear a lot of different hats because I'm interested in a lot of different things. And also totally. the career of YouTuber started from like owning an agency and like creating videos and films and commercials and yeah. corporate videos for like government agencies. Like the town of Newmarket. We're in the town of Newmarket. It was like my first client because no I used way. to be a lifeguard here. We need to hear that story. Oh, bro, it's a good story. <laughs> Do you want to just jump into it? Okay, tell, tell us. Okay, so first of all, I just wanted to say I totally relate to that, that how you're talking about calling yourself a YouTuber. Yeah. Because when you, like, we come from like, kind of like we're, we're semi good at some area. Yeah. And then we move into YouTube and it's like, I'm like, I, I think it's because we don't understand what a YouTuber is fully. Yeah. You're like, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm a filmmaker just yeah. on YouTube. And also I think people understand filmmaker. Like to the average person, you're like, I'm a totally. filmmaker. And it is also very obvious what it is. A filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> I make the film. I, I make <laughs> the film that people use. On the, no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and you've seen what a filmmaker is. Yeah. But like, you know, it, four years ago, even three years ago, I still don't think like, YouTubers were like, they were a thing, but to the average person, they still didn't fully understand it. And it's been this like three year span, four year span where I think now, like you say, YouTuber people understand, or like they'll see I, you hold I, a camera. I, I, I disagree. I feel like people still don't understand. It. It's just that we now understand. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think that's where it comes from. And that's why we're now comfortable yeah. calling ourselves YouTubers because we know everything it encompasses, right? Yeah. Before we might have thought that it's like what 
Logan Paul does or what that person does. Yeah, and you have like, your idea of a YouTuber. That's not, that's not I, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's kind of how we, like I'm a filmmaker, I'm just on YouTube, I'm not yeah. that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, well, I'm a filmmaker, I run a business, I do all this other stuff and YouTuber actually in our brains yeah. now like fits that description the best, 100%, right? That's yeah. how I would think. But I don't know if, I don't know if the rest of the people <laughs> understand what we do still. No, and it's it's a constant ongoing educational process, like even at like the grassroots level where it's like, I'll have a family member and they'll be like, so how, how are things? I'm like, I'm a YouTuber. And they're like, and then, and this is like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but this is like the natural progression of this conversation. Is like, probably the exact same so everywhere. do you make any money with that? And so it's how like, do you make money from that? Which is also so rude. Also like, I get that at the bank. I get that with family. I get yeah. friends. It's like, and you're like wait, cool. you can make money from that? There's And there's two sides to that coin where it's like, there's an advantage for you where it's like, well, it's a good thing that maybe not everybody knows about this. So like I can have a totally. sort of competitive advantage here because it's not commonplace yet. And then the second side of that coin is like a little bit of your ego taking a bit yeah, of like yeah, a blow yeah. and like having to spend a moment to I swear to say, it's a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I swear I do do make money. <laughs> yeah. And, and then so like this is where it usually goes is like, oh, you're a YouTuber. Do you make money at that? And then the next conversation is like, I'll usually go and it's like, yeah, I, I have nine revenue streams. And then people are like, oh, oh, well, what are they? And then and then you're like, oh, I can kind of go into it. If you have a moment, we'll chat about it, but I don't like take too much of your time. Because yeah. I think it's important for us to stand our ground here because I think a lot of people do have the idea of like the top of the top, the Logan Pauls, mm -hmm. you know, the the people that are there. And they, they see that and that's what they define as a YouTuber. But I think now it's becoming such a commonplace for it to be like a reliable business. There's like a middle class for like the YouTube now. It's not just like massive celebrities. Like you would you and I can coexist in a world where like, we're like minor celebrities. We're like, mm -hmm. some people know us, some people don't. Like if Logan Paul yeah. walks down the street, everybody who knows yeah. who he is. We are not famous, yeah. but to some people, yeah. they were like the person that they flip out. It's, I, exactly. I always say it's like the, can I have a selfie and their hands start shaking? It's it that, you know? Okay, I'll tell like a, a nice story. So I met this guy, um, we went down to the States recently to go to like a photography concert conference and I had that exact thing. He's like, yeah. hey man, I DM'd you. There's like this owl that's at the station and we can go and shoot the owl. And I felt so bad because he pulls out his phone, he's like shaking like, and it's yeah. this photo of the owl like in front of me. I was like, and like I do this thing like, cause I think I learned this from Peter. He like will double tap someone's like own photo uh, like on Instagram. And I'm like, I did that. And he's like, thank you so much. And then he finally, he like calmed down and we just chatted a little bit. But yeah. it is interesting cause I don't, yeah. I don't feel like that. I'm sure you don't well, feel like a celebrity. Cause the majority of people you walk down the street, they don't, they don't know who the heck yeah, you yeah. are. They don't care who you are. Yeah. You're nobody to them. <laughs> or like we'll be with like Lizzie's mom or something like that. And someone will recognize Lizzie and then they'll be like, can I get a photo? And Lizzie's mom's like, Oh, this is real. This yeah, is yeah. exciting. Oh, there's a celebrity. Like, <laughs> it's so I, that's what I think is really cool about YouTube. So like to tie it all together and kind of where this conversation started is like, I like taking the ownership over mm -hmm. saying I'm a YouTuber now, yeah. but you know, that the hat comes from being a creative director, mm -hmm. whatever that is. It's such a, a little pretentious, <laughs> but whatever. That's why like, I just change it to like photographer. Yeah. Um, but you know, coming up with cool creative ideas, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, both on like investing in real estate, investing mm -hmm. in different businesses, yeah. starting different things like that. Those are things that excite me now. Yeah. Um, and then coming as, as a videographer, photographer, editor, and just wearing the hat when I needed to, but I'm glad I have the spectrum and the experience of doing it all yeah. so that I can now just focus on the things that I enjoy, which is honestly just being like a person that's like, here's a cool idea. I'm a personality in this and let's, let's make that. Yeah. 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 That's, a, it's, it's also one of the hard parts is that like, 
we get lumped into one thing, right? Usually yeah. you get kind of like big on YouTube for one thing. You're known as that guy or the photographer guy or the filmmaker guy, yeah. whatever. And then, you, you know, you're doing that for a while and then like, we're not just that, right? Yeah. And so it's like, there's you, more to you, me. Yeah, you have this like need of like, but I'm, like also, an onion. There's into, layers. Yeah, I'm also into this thing, like... I want to make a video on this thing. And then you make that thing and like nobody wants to watch that. But you're like, dang it. Like, yep. ah, like, you know, and so then you're like, I guess I just have to do. Um, I, I've gone through like a recent, like, I feel like full circle with with that stage where yep. like I love filmmaking. I was like, I, I don't care if anybody calls me a filmmaker, YouTuber. And yeah, then yeah. I'm like, but I'm more than that. I'm not just a filmmaker and like I, I whatever. Yep. And then now I've kind of like gone back to the roots again. I'm like, yeah. I love being a filmmaker. Like yeah. we, we just shot um, with Peter uh, the, with the new Canon uh, R5C, um, Matt Barnes. You know Matt yeah. Barnes? Oh, insane guy! Like he's amazing. You like once I was in so a jealous that you experience. went to his to his church by the way because I've been chatting with him randomly about doing a video for like a year and it's just like timing never worked out and then I was like, of course, Matty and Peter went to his church. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea. I, uh, sorry, Matt. I, I had no idea who Matt was. Like before yeah, yeah. Go, like going into this, Peter didn't tell me anything. He's just like, you want to go shoot with the, the, the new cannon? I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. Yeah. He's like, so what are we doing? He's like, oh, we're shooting this guy, Matt Barnes. Like, cool. And then like literally he's like, as we're pulling up, like, of course, me and Peter catching up in the car yeah. for an hour or whatever. Talk, like I didn't, even, I didn't even get a chance to turn on the camera. Yeah. And I'm supposed to now shoot with this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we pull up. He's like, oh, by the way, he, he, he lives in a church. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And, <laughs> like, it's so, and it's a giant playground. And, and it's it sick. Is, yeah. Just living in a church is like, okay, that's interesting. But you walk in there like, I have never yeah. been in a place oh, like that's this. That's a trampoline in the middle yeah. of the room. Oh, that's also a spiral <laughs> slide. And ping ball, like, it's like, oh, it's nuts. Anyways, so we're, we're shooting this little doc and I'm just having all of those feelings again of like, I love filming. Yeah. Like, I want to make these mini docs again. Like, I had yeah. the Being series that started up and then I was like, I'm going to go hard on this pandemic. Yeah. And like, you can't no, see true. anybody. Yeah. And like, everything's shut down. Now I'm so ready again to get out there. But yeah, I think that's, that's one of the hard things about YouTube is that like, you kind of get pigeonholed into one thing yeah. and then you want to break out but then the algorithm doesn't necessarily favor that breaking no. out or you have to work really hard it's almost like starting a new channel on you your own channel it's like yeah. a subsection of your own <laughs> channel you're like cool yeah but i'm curious i i had i don't think i've ever heard the full story of like how did you you are now a youtuber with how, how many subscribers do you have like an insane amount right uh 500 i think 540,000, which and is cool yeah tons of instagram followers all of that like how did you get get to this point yeah so you know i first got my like first camera when i was like eight years old and the toys r us here sold this camera called like digital blue so it was like this little like classic filmmaker thing where you could like look through the eye it's almost like a director's little like yep. camera reel and that thing shot like 240p video and i can only store like three minutes Sick onto it quality oh yeah you should you should bring it up i think sarah dici's first camera was the exact same camera really? too which is really funny so uh, i got that and i would just start making all these films uh, i would go to like the auto show with my dad because like cars have always just been a big thing in my life um i started filming this is how young i was and also just says a lot about like how much i care about spelling so 
I'd film all our family vacations and then I'd make these like DVDs and I'd print out the whole thing and I'd give it to my parents as a Christmas gift. That's but sweet. I didn't know how to spell vacation. <laughs> so it was how family vactions for like every year. And like they never corrected it. <laughs> so like, they, there's like three cute. series of like how family vactions. And I'm like, I'm nine or 10 at this point. Like I should know how to spell vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of where it started. Like, and that's- Were fun. you uh, like an artistic kid growing up or were you like, what, what interested you about? Like, yeah, I mean, it was a combination of sports and art and it's because I think that's literally who my dad and my mom are they they had such an appreciation by for the, the way arts. your dad is the coolest I love he's he's so rad. like I would literally go hang out with your dad <laughs> and go wake surf even if you weren't there oh for sure and I encourage that he would he would absolutely love that too um, yeah he's 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 rad and he, so his he was a big inf- but I mean both of them are such a huge influence on yeah. me but specifically just I haven't with, met your mom that's why I didn't mention it yeah no worries she'll, she'll come out on the next boat trip <laughs> yeah. so other than that, she makes incredible lunches for us every time yeah, we go out. I'm very, very grateful well, for German, that. She's <laughs> German, and she, my grandfather used to be a, a butcher, so he came from the world and making sandwiches all uh, the time, so she makes a great sandwich. So good. So, you know, he would be playing music all the time. Like, he, he, they were such appreciation. They had such appreciation for art in general. So, like, dad had crazy sound systems, always playing music in the house, and they would watch TV all the time and movies, and we'd sit down as a family. Mm. And I think that does inform a little bit of, like, my interests as a kid is basically being, like, and who knows if it's, like, deep and psychological, like, oh, they're watching this. Maybe I want to put myself on the screen too, whatever. Mm. I don't know if it's that deep. But I think it's that they taught me an appreciation for the arts and yeah. creating things and that you can do this as a living. So long story short, I ended up going to school for radio and television arts. Uh, but I had the grades to, like, pursue engineering. And I remember um, I was really divided. I was in, like, my drama class because I was the head of, like, the improv team at school. So, like, I grew up, like playing guitar, singer-songwriters. I played in bands, which I'll get into in so a bit here. you were here. like an art kid, totally. I would say. Yeah. But at the same time, I going out wake surfing and kiteboarding and all this kind of stuff too. So like I I loved all sorts of things. Yeah, so that, that's what I was going to This surprises me because like I, I was like, I'm not sure if you're like me where I... I hated art class. Yeah. I didn't take any art classes. I would have never taken a photography class in high yeah. school. Uh, anything subjective like English, wor- the worst. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, somebody yeah. else gets to decide <laughs> yeah. like whether you're good at this or not, yeah. the worst. Sciences, maths, the best. Where it's a, you know your stuff, you get good marks. You yeah. Know? And so like that's how I grew up. So I was uh, yeah, this is yeah. super interesting. Well, I just I loved drama class the most. And there was something about like performing that had always kind of stuck with me. So like if funny enough, like I remember doing these like little performances from like my family when I was growing up. I'd like dance to Michael Jackson in like, you know, our family living room and I'd create these things. And then, you know, as I got older, I got into music and uh that's what a big thing why like Peter and I are super close is because of the the interest in punk rock music. So like mm. I had played guitar in punk rock bands and singer songwriter acoustic stuff i would perform at all the talent shows uh did the improv so team. that's where you know peter from yeah it's kind of not like we learned we met because of the wedding industry okay but we really like connected over like our passion for like okay. angels and airways and blink yeah, 182 yeah. like it's it's like odd how deep of a connection there is there yeah, yeah. but anyways so I, I always just liked performing and I liked going on stage. I liked making things and I liked, so I was 
writing songs. I was doing all this kind of thing. And then I started filming videos to promote my music. Mm. And so I fell into it just by necessity because like I didn't know anybody who had a camera. So I was like, I'll film my own music videos. Right. So I was writing so and so much work. You write a song, you record the song, then you film the music video, then you do that. Like if you want to talk about like a laborious process, it's like musicians. Yeah. That there's so much work there. I have so much respect for like people like Andrew Huang who write the song and yeah, then yeah. film the video for the song. So I learned by doing that. So this is this is the weird thing that you have to like take down your ego at some point. So I remember releasing all my music and I'd have these videos and people would always be like, awesome video. And I'd be like, what do you think about the song? How about the singing? Yeah, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But those videos, the man, videos. are amazing. And I was like, okay. And so I started getting like offers to make videos for like other people and different mm. artists. And so I started noticing this like weird shift in demand for like making music videos for other people. Nobody's getting, asking me to play music, but yeah. people asking me to and, I, and I would do like a gig at like a bar and I'd make like 200 bucks in the evening. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and yeah. then I would get paid like $500 to make a music video. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's more demand here. And I'm really mm. enjoying this. And I'm also, I still get to create and I'm going and like traveling and doing some of these other things that I've like always kind of wanted as well. This wasn't the dream, but it might be a better dream. Yeah. And it's also just recognizing that it, without even realizing it, like that was the beginnings of like the modern day rock star is mm. I think like what a YouTuber is now. So like the popularity of like, you know, the hair metal bands in the eighties and then the seventies and all these artists and like the nineties, it's really just like that shifted. So music is still like, I think a huge force, not only in my life, but in like culturally it's oh, so course, important, yeah. but I just noticed that there was like a demand for it. So mm. how this all ties in with Newmarket is so I was making these videos. My boss, because I was a lifeguard for the town of Newmarket, nice. saw that I made these videos and she was like, why don't you make a video promoting the aquatic department? So like we had this like whole staff training. I filmed this like super fun video and then they ended up showing it at town hall. And like for whatever reason, everyone loved it. And the mayor came up to me afterwards and was like, um, I love that. We're going to find a way to like get you a job here. And would you be interested in just getting paid the same as a lifeguard? And, but you're just making videos all the time for the town of Newark. I was like, okay, sure. sure. That sounds <laughs> yes. fun. So I shifted into the communications department. I got a job there. I was like 16 or 17 at the time, Whoa. which was really cool. So and you like started young, super young. And, um, and they were like, Hey, we have this concept for a video. I was working with this girl named Crystal Moss, who was like the communications director. And she's like, we want to make this one video. Um, let's do it together. And we promoted, it was called glow. If we want to bring it up or whatever ends up happening here. Um, and that video went like viral in the like government world. So like uh, it got 8,000 views or something like that. A different kind of viral. <laughs> so for a government video, if it gets above a thousand views, it's like a home run. Like they're tweeting about it all the time. Everyone's loving it. <laughs> and like, awesome. and you think about like that one video literally got every other government agency to email me. So I got like the city of Hamilton was like, oh, I saw that video. Do you want to get paid to start doing jobs mm. here? City of Burlington, all these other government agencies. So I we became have more like, money over here in Burlington. Uh, it, it <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was a little bit of a competition. And all of a sudden, I just became a little bit of like the government video guy. So I started this company when I was like 18, where I was just making government videos. But all they're the time. like internal videos? Both or? internal and external. And like, you know, and it's funny because that network is so small. And I think there's a really great lesson here. I think we always get caught up in thinking like your video has to get like 100,000 views or a million views for you to start getting like inbound leads. But like yeah. literally, if the right person out of like 50 people oh, see a yeah. video, that could be game changing for you. Yeah. So literally that one aquatics job turned into like one other job, which turned into like 
literally starting a company. And then when I, I started that company while I was in university and then had enough business to like start doing that freelance right when I finished uh, university. That's and fine. then it grew. And then Lizzie went and worked at a company for a year and learned all the stuff because I didn't have any experience on how to run a business. I just knew how to make videos. Yeah. So she came back in and was like, yo, you're doing a bad you job suck at, at business, business. <laughs> but you're great at making videos. Uh, she brought structure in and then we like scaled and then just became like, that's what we were doing for like four years. It's just a lot of our clients were government. We started doing stuff for banks. We were working with Mercedes Benz. Like that's kind of just like the progression of coming mm -hmm. to the point. And then I really, really wanted to make like travel videos. And going mm. back to the time when I was a lifeguard, I remember a friend of mine like asked me like, what would you want to do in the future? And I was like, I'm a big fan of this show called Lonely Planet. There's this guy named Ian Wright on it. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I think so, yeah. yeah. And he would go around the world and he would like have all these cool experiences. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to make a TV show where I travel around the world. Mm. Well, fast forward, I was like, you know what? I want tourism boards as a client because I had this one really weird experience where I got paid to be a videographer on a cooking show and we went to <laughs> nice. the Yukon with uh, Massimo Capra. Okay. He's like a famous you know, chef here in Canada. Yeah. And um, while I was at dinner, I, I remember like the guy from the tourism board picked us all up and we all showed up in these like cool Yukon, all blacked out Yukons. And um, the producer on the show was like, hey, thank you again for like supporting us on the show. And I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, the tourism board is providing support for us to like pay for all our expenses to make this TV show. And the TV sh show now has distribution, which we get paid for the distribution and the content creation. Mm. I was like, oh, so like you don't have to pay for any of these expenses because the tourism board is paying for them. So I learned that there and I was like, I yeah. want to get paid by tourism boards or at yeah. least even have the opportunity to lower my expenses and essentially quote unquote get paid to travel, but yeah. I make my thing and at least I don't have the expenses for it. Yeah. So that kick started like while we were doing that, I was like, I want to build this like sub genre in our company where we do, do like travel content and viral content. So I started by making a video of my parents and I going on our last like family vacation because I was getting mm. older. So I filmed yeah, yeah. this trip in Arizona. I sent it to the tourism board of Arizona and I was like, buy my video. And they're like, no. <laughs> and it, like no, looking back you. now, it wasn't great. But I, I remember I just had so much confidence at the time. I was like, come yeah. on, I have an agency. Like, this is great. And at the time, you probably thought this is the, the best the thing best I thing. ever yeah, made. Exactly. Right? It's incredible. But they, they later were like, you know what? What we'll do is we'll tweet it for you. And they like put my name. They like at the Chris Howe made this video in Arizona. It's super beautiful. Watch it. And I didn't realize like how powerful that like little moment was and like mm. how much leverage I had for like the next one. So that year I like had challenged myself because I was still living at home to like travel once a month out of every month. Yeah. And so I was like, the next trip that we're going to do is we're going to go to Ireland. So I go, I book the trip and I email the Ireland tourism board and I say, look, the Arizona tourism board paid for a video. Like I was kind of like a little like sneaky little like, like cheeky. Look, a little cheeky. Like they shared it and they <laughs> yeah. loved it. And so they ended up giving they me like- They supported this video. <laughs> exactly. And they uh, they gave me this letter that basically said like, hey, um, show this to any business when you're in Ireland and like our, hopefully this letter will like get you a free experience. Like it's up to their discretion, but it literally just said, the Tourism Board of Ireland hopes that you support Chris Howe and his content creation signed by the Tourism Board of Ireland. Interesting. So I had this like letter. A blank check. Yeah, it was super cool. So I, the first place that you go to when you land in like Dublin, or at least the first place I went to was like the Guinness factory. Yeah. So we arrive and I show up and I'm with my like friend's family at the time too. And they all want to just do the tour. Yeah. So I'm like, can you just give me like one minute? I'm just going to go and like ask somebody. So I'm like going up. I don't even 
even know who to talk to. I'm like talking to like some intern. I'm like, hey, I have this letter, have a letter. <laughs> from the tourism board of Ireland. Can I like film something here? And they're like, okay. And like they like contact the communications department. And we're literally sitting there waiting for like 10 minutes. And the, the guys are like, yo, the tour is about to start. Like, we're going to go. I was like, just one more minute, please, please, please. And eventually, just right in that moment, a call came down from the communications department. And they're like, hey, we'd love to offer you like a free tour and a free beer of the factory. Like, are you interested in doing that? And I was like, yeah. And so like we do the whole experience. It was like the first time I was ever getting like a transaction of value. Like someone likes my content enough to give me a free beer. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize how important that was at the time, but literally that like- You didn't go to the fanciest hotel after that? No, like I have a letter. Yeah. <laughs> I got a free beer. <laughs> Come on, give me a free hotel room. Do you know what this room. letter means? <laughs> I wish. Also, Arizona <laughs> tweeted my video. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it's so funny how much like confidence you can get. But it's I look back and I, I realize like how life changing that free beer was because yeah. it was the first time I got like an actual exchange of value. Yeah. And then from there it just kept like building up. So I was kept making more of these videos, posting them on Facebook. Some of them like the first video got like 500 views, and the next one got a thousand views. Mm. Then the next travel video got 10,000 views, and then from there I made a video about Toronto mm -hmm. and I share I shared it with Huffington Post when I was done yeah, and then they smart. ended up sharing it. I didn't know anything about PR. So yeah, like yeah. I'm literally learning just by doing it. Yeah, no one's educating you saying like, "Hey, you know, I didn't take business classes, right?" Yeah, or like, yeah, this yeah, was yeah, coming yeah. later. So they shared it and the video got like 100,000 views overnight because that was like a big thing at the time. Yeah. And that was like, I got press and that was like my big first piece of like, it wasn't tweet, it was literally like Huffington Post shared yeah. the video. And then the same thing happened. I was like going on another trip to the Azores in like the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean, which yeah. is part of Portugal. Yeah. Emailed the tourism board and I sent that piece of PR and then they ended up giving us a free trip. And I remember just sitting there, we were on this like trip where we went to this like abandoned hotel. I remember sitting at the edge of this abandoned hotel looking over this view at sunset being like this is real like yeah. this is actually happening that was the this is, i've made it moment that was it like i thinking about it now i literally just got shivers again <laughs> thinking about how like impactful that was and being like this is not a pipe dream no. this is not bs this is like an actual thing i can do with my life and then from there i just started making more videos on facebook there's a long story to being like making my first youtube <laughs> no, video by the way and then um and then I started making more of these travel videos. We went to Montreal, we went to Quebec City, we went to a few other places and started getting, and then eventually turned into like a proper paid job with the Tourism Board of Ottawa. And I was kind of making a bit of a mark in like the Facebook watch world. And this was like six years ago, right? Yeah. And like some videos got like a million views. They got tweeted out by Justin Trudeau and like some cool stuff happened, yeah. right? And I was like, that's that's kind of neat. Who's not in the best light right now. No, but at the time, <laughs> at the time awesome. he was I don't know if I'd share the information exactly at this moment, which I guess I just did. <laughs> but anyways, uh, a lot of like really cool things happened and like I built it up. But again, it was really hard to turn this like tourism board thing into like a real business. Like I still was only getting paid like a fifth of what I was getting paid for corporate videos. And I was mm. still funding a lot of these projects myself. And there was just something about like Facebook watch that just didn't have the same like oomph and weight that like yeah. YouTube and Instagram had. Yeah. So I started going, I'm like, a Facebooker. Yeah. Oh yeah. It just doesn't sound like <laughs> a Facebook watcher. You watch Facebook. No, no, no. It's called Facebook watch, Facebook watcher. Like it just doesn't have, that sounds I'm, creepy, Chris. It does. Like, you watch it on Facebook. <laughs> but anyways, so that's like, you know, a couple of years later, I'm starting to take Instagram more seriously. And I'm like, yeah, I really want this, this dream of like, because I was watching like Ben Brown and Casey Neistat. Oh, yeah. And I was yep. like, man, if they can do Same. it, I can do it. And it's not that like I had like a ego boost or anything like that. It's just like, 
I just, it's very practical. Like if someone else is doing it, there, there's room for you to do it as well. And like, you know, you have to just realize that like Ben meets the right people and or his content is good enough and Casey's content's good enough yeah. to dictate an audience and stuff like that. So it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. And I've tried so many times. I think I might, my like stamina for like rejection is just so high because I like, had done so much. Like I made music. I got rejected for grants. I got rejected at like shows. I got rejected by like trying to sell CDs in person. Yeah. And so like, I was just like, whatever, I'm going to keep doing it until maybe something sticks. So I started taking Instagram seriously. I think I ended up having like 10,000 followers at the time. And that's just from posting, photos. just from posting photos and like trying to collaborate and whatever. Back when it is. posting photos got you followers. Exactly. That when was, Instagram was, that was fun. Interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's still, it's still a fun platform. It's just different. It's very different. Right. Though. So I had, I had 10,000 followers and I remember, so, you know, a couple years before that, when I was shooting weddings, I kind of had, I'd met Peter by shooting a wedding because of somebody I met from the town of Newmarket mm. by shooting all that stuff. So we shot this girl, Kate's wedding. So Peter was the uh, photographer and he was like the guy at the time. Like mm. if you got Peter McKinnon to shoot your wedding, like he was the shit back then. Really? You know I mean? Yeah. I didn't actually know that. No, no. Like, I, or at least that's what Kate told me. And she's yeah, like, yeah. we hired Peter McKinnon. I was like, I don't know who that is. Uh, but like yeah. in the wedding world, apparently it was like a really big deal. And I was just starting my like wedding career. Like Maddie, I'm in my own like, stabilizer rig off of like stuff I bought from the dollar store and I had like a 50 mil that I was like that was love like I, I bought it used and I'm pretty sure the I ring was it. broken and like my yeah. Canon 7D and I remember like and I was so intrusive like I was the type of like wedding cinematographer that like would be in the middle of the aisle while they're like doing the kiss my shot matters the yeah, most yeah and I'm like <laughs> sitting there with like this like weight that I got from the dollar store on my shoulder with like a gardening knee pad to like make it nicer with like metal piping I got from home <laughs> Depot and I, and I made it out of like plastic cutting board to hold it all together. Like it looked bad, man. Like yeah, really I bad. And like everyone's dressed nicely, and I'm over there like with the 50 mil yeah. trying to shoot. So, anyways, I was the videographer, Peter's the photographer, and uh, we got sat beside each other and we just started talking. And again, it kind of comes back to what we were chatting about before. Uh, I think full circle is Peter and I are just super obsessed with angels and airwaves. Yeah. And like they were making some of the best music. I mean, they still make great music, yeah, but like yeah. at the time, that was like yeah. my everything. Like mm -hmm. I was so obsessed. Like I would play The Adventure by Angels and Airwaves and I would time the guitar solo to like go when the plane would take off and I would feel like, I'm I'm alive and I'm feeling so great, <laughs> and then um, so we 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 connected over the, our mutual passion for like photo, video, angels and airways, and like Peter and I became friends. But like P Peter's older than I am, and like mm -hmm. at, now it's not a big deal. Like you know, you and I are like can be friends, and but at the time I was like You're 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I was like a young kid, man. So like I don't know, young youth are not the most not always the most enjoyable to be around, yeah. and like they think they're like their stuff doesn't stink and the, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I, I don't, Peter was old enough to just, and he was also with like Janice and like, I wasn't, I don't think I was with Lizzie at the time. So we're talking like almost 10 or 11 years ago, like mm. beyond a decade. And we, but we became friends. We hit it off enough to like know of each other and be friends on Facebook. Yeah. So, this is again. This is a long story to getting to the beginning of YouTube it. video. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, this is good. And um, so Peter makes his first video, and I'd always not keeping tabs on him, but like on Facebook, sometimes you yeah, see course, stuff yeah, pop yeah. up yeah. and and whatnot. And Peter made his first video where it was like the camera hacks video, yeah, and it got featured on Petapixel. And I think at the time, I think 
Petapixel was a bit of like a holy grail for everybody. So oh, like, right. I don't know if you cared about it, but like at the time, it'd be like being like a guitarist featured. It'd be like a, a model being featured in Vogue. Yeah, but yeah. a photographer being featured in yeah, Petapixel yeah. was like a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. And I saw Peter McKinnon camera hacks video. I was like, <gasps> and I DM'd him on Instagram and I was like, bro, Petapixel? No way. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> I, I, wish I, I, sh I wonder if I can scroll back to see what That'd our first so DMs good, were. Yeah. And he was like, oh, Chris, wow, like wild. Like, thanks so much, man. Like, it's been a long time. We should get coffee. So I think I sent him that, like, the, I think he released it in January or December. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the winter is tough to get together. And we were only kind of DMing back and forth a little bit. I was following him on, like, YouTube. And I was like, oh, damn, this guy's, like, blowing up, like, pretty yeah. quick. And it wasn't until like, I think he was at like 300,000 subs that we actually went and had like literally I think at the bar right downstairs. Mm -hmm, yeah. We went and had Hung a beer. Brew hops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, or the Irish one that oh. doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. That one. <laughs> this is a decade Fair ago. <laughs> and so we, we caught up for a beer and what was supposed to be like a half an hour conversation turned into like four hours of talking and just mm. being like, there was so much like serendipity between our lives and weird stories and like very specific weird things that have happened to me have also happened to him. So like, I don't know this, it just really like glued the friendship together. And I think he like was late for dinner and Janice was like, come home. <laughs> and he's like, no, I have a new friend or something <laughs> like that. And, um, and we just kind of stayed in touch. And I like started, I invited Peter out on the boat and we had a fun surf day and like, that was really cool. Um, I helped work with him on some YouTube videos or something. Oh, I lived in the air. I lived 10 minutes away. So he was like, yeah. Hey, can you come and just help me shoot something? I was like, sure. I'm not doing much. Like, mm -hmm. but I, I was still doing this whole Facebook watch thing. And then Peter was hitting a million subs and he had did that like what, nine months or something like that. Yeah. And we were at the St. Louis here down the street. I remember sitting and he was just like, yo, I'm just going to say it. Like, I think you'd be really good at this YouTube thing. I think you should maybe start. Right? And I think you should also stop being a Facebook watcher. Like, really, <laughs> you should just stop putting your energy there. I did not know about this whole Facebook watcher thing. Yeah, it was just like, this. and it was just funny because, like, uh, that's what we used as leverage for all our clients and yeah, trying to, like, worked. build our way. And it worked. But I, I did, like, in the back of my head, because, like, if you come back to the core of, like, being an entertainer and being a musician, like, I think I just did want to be a, a bit more of a personality. Mm. And I just enjoyed, I'm like, ah, the Casey's exist, the Peters exist, the Maddies exist. Like all these things are happening. Like there's, there must be room for me too. Yeah. So that's that's where the core is. I think I always wanted to do that, whether it was the vehicle through music or mm. vehicle through YouTube or video or whatever it might be. And Peter just kind of sat me down and he's like, I think you'd be really great at this. And you should start, and then you should commit to it. Um, and then just see where that takes you. And part of it too is it's helpful when someone's gone through it. I, I've always used the analogy that like if someone's walked through the dark forest, just follow their candlelight yeah. and like you'll probably be able to get through it too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Peter gave me a lot of confidence and like also just having someone who can tell you like this, this is possible and like I'm making okay money, you know, at the yeah. time and like you, you should do this, right? Yeah. So I just committed. And then that's four and a half years ago was just like the commitment to start making co like consistent content. Yeah. But it was tough because we still had the agency. So like, I think we were even talking at that time. You're like, you still doing that thing? Yeah. And you're like, you should do YouTube. I'm like, but I have this job with my wife. And like Lizzie hadn't started yet too. Yeah, like yeah. For people that don't know, my wife's also a YouTuber. And so she relied, and that was a tough thing for us. Like she relied on mm. the agency and she so relied. So you didn't want to abandon her And then. I can't abandon her and I can't just be like, well, peace. Yeah. And like that did cause a lot of conflict for us because like I would make, I'd be working on these like brand deals and I was like, man, I'm getting paid similar money to make a corporate video, but I'm making a video on YouTube. And I'm like, I love the YouTube video. Yeah. And it's fun and it's like freedom, freedom mm -hmm. and it's liberating and empowering. And like, I just feel like I'm dying making this corporate video. And yeah. she's like, well, 
too bad. You're going to yeah. have to make it or this is my company now. So let's just figure out like a decision here. And then God, like Lizzie's channel started taking off and she started getting these like signs, whatever signs from the universe, like brand deals and yeah. opportunity that said like, you should do this, which yeah, is, yeah. it all fell into place at the right time. And now we both are YouTubers and yeah. own that and have separate channels. And we are YouTubers. Yeah. We are YouTubers. And I, I can confidently say that. <laughs> so that, that is the, that's the full spectrum of the story. It's, it's really interesting. I, I've recently started thinking about like, um, especially when I come into contact with young people and they're like, what, what should I do with my life? Kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, what a, what a question. Like, this is yeah, my yeah. choice. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, like they're trying to figure stuff out. And like the way I've started to like visualize in my brain, like you are in the middle and then you have this circle around you, which is like the dream, right? Yeah. Whether it's being a YouTuber, filmmaker, photographer, graphic designer, whatever, whatever it is, your right? lifestyle wants to be. Yeah. yeah, and most people think that there's like this one path in front of you. It's like a straight, narrow path. Yeah, and you gotta like be really careful to stay on that path. If you make, if you go to the wrong university, done. Yeah, you're ruined. If you take the wrong job, done, ruined. You've yeah. you've lost it. You've gone off the path. You're never gonna make your dream. Yeah, and the way I see it is like it's the circle around you. And it doesn't make matter what what direction you go. Yeah. Any direction you go, as long as you take a step forward. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing that will get you to that dream, right? Is yep. take one step. And it might seem like the most dumb step, like, you know, you're getting a job at the lifeguard, you know, whatever. And sometimes whatever. you don't even know what steps are are steps that are meaningful. Yeah. Like a, a collision with Peter at a random wedding venue in exactly. freaking Sharon, Ontario, was arguably a life-changing moment for me yeah. and that manifested friggin' six years later. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you don't know. Oh, 100%. Right. But but it was a step in the right direction. Ty I, Tyler told me about Peter's channel. I didn't even I didn't even know about it. Like my channel was at like twenty before yeah, yeah, before he was at I was at like twenty or thirty thousand subs or something like that. And then uh, Tyler was one time like, Hey, have you seen this guy Peter? Like he's kind of yeah. making the same stuff as you. I was like, No, this is oh interesting. Yeah. Somebody else is doing this. Like yeah. looked him up and I'm like, Oh, this is sick. And I was like, What? I think he lives like near me. Yeah. Sent him an email and then like <laughs> the rest is history. We were in Switzerland like a week after. I remember that video, man. Yeah. I that was I remember being like Look at them. They're doing it. Oh, That's wild. sick. <gasps> Porsche's driving down the Alps. Blah! We had no idea what yeah. we were doing. Zero idea. And that's what I think made it so fun is that we were so naive and so yeah. clueless that we were just like just yeah. doing whatever. And it was fun. But yeah, anyways, going back to that dream thing, like you take steps and you will eventually. Sometimes you take a, a, the long way around the circle, you know, you're circling around and yeah. then you finally make it to that dream. Yeah. Or but, there's a lesson in there that you yeah, needed to experience before exactly. you know you got to whatever quote unquote success was. But the interesting part is that that dream sounds like outlandish and crazy. Yeah. And as long as you just keep taking steps, you make it to that dream. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shoot, there's like a next string. Yeah. That's way for like that's a crazy dream. Yeah. Like, well, that's never gonna happen. And you start taking those steps, do like any direction, yeah. start taking those steps. And then you reach and then there's another one. And yeah. so like I'm sure when you first got like your your corporate job, you're like, this is sick. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to make videos for this cool company. Yeah, I'm making lifeguarding videos. Yeah, this, this is, is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. Then yeah. it's like Porsche, like what I'm yeah. making, or what Mercedes, whoever it was. Yeah, yeah. You're, what? And yeah. then you're like, next dream. Like, yeah. but this dream is even crazy. Like, and then you start going after that dream. And totally. Like, all, next thing you know, you're like, 
now I want to do my YouTube. And like, yep. what's the next thing, you know? Totally. Like, and it seems like so unrealistic. Like funny right now, like I, I'm like really interested in real estate. That's like mm. a big thing right now. And I have this like outlandish dream to like own like quite a few properties. Mm. And I just think I'm like, it, it, I, it's cool to be in a place now where you can probably have the confidence to say like it will happen. Yeah. And it just is just going to take like, maybe it takes 20 years. Yeah. Right. So now I start to go like, all right, let's take the next step. Yep. And like, and then every what's year, the, what's you the one thing I can do right now? Totally. And you start to like, all right, let's read a book here. Let's do this. All right. Let's have a conversation with the real estate agent. Let's do this next thing. But it, you're, I, I, I'm a firm believer that anything that you want to do is absolutely, absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. It, you're, you just, it could take 10 years. It could take 20 years. It could happen next week. Yeah. It just really depends on like how you define success and what you want. And I think a friend of mine said it to me and I'll never forget. It was so casual. And I was just like, I want to make YouTube videos. Videos. And he's like, you will do it because you want to do it. Mm. And I just really liked that because it's like literally like you will do it or you will achieve your success because you literally want it. Yeah. And, you, and and when you want something and it depends on how much you want it, yeah. it will manifest or will come to and or it will happen in some form. It, it, that's that, so like I, I believe an aversion of that. Like I don't think we can do anything that we set our minds to. I think that's also like like, yeah. like if. I set my mind to like, you know, colonizing Mars. I don't yeah. think I'm going to be able to do that, right? Yeah. Like, okay, maybe I might get close or something yeah. like that. But you know what's funny though? Like, think about how ridiculous Elon's goals are. Yeah, I, I agree. Are, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So you get, but the, the, like, the, the reason why I don't even care about that part yeah. is that I know it'll take me somewhere that I probably couldn't have even dreamed of. Totally. Like what's, that, the, that what's the quote? Like, it's like aim for the stars and you'll at least hit the moon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You'll end up somewhere where you're like, how did this happen? Like yeah. I never, ever, ever planned to be a filmmaker, a YouTuber, Instagram, not, not, none yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, because it didn't even exist. It, yeah. was like, it was like developing as you were doing it. And I was never interested in anything art related. When yeah. people called me like a creative or artist, I still cringe a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not like, yeah. that's not who I am. <laughs> Um, but then I realized like, you know, oh, like editing is just like problem solving. Like, oh, I yeah. love this. Like, oh, how do I, how do I get from here to there? How do I, okay, I have these two clips, but they don't, uh, what do I, what do I have to do to yeah. like how do I get them to fit? This? Like, yeah, yeah. can I add something else? Like, how do I tell this story? It's all problem solving. Yeah. Whereas before I thought it was, it was like, I'm just making art, you know? Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. that doesn't interest me at all. Like I I love being at Matt Barnes's um studio home place. Yeah. Cause he would show you the photo, which is like sick. Yeah. But like normally if I just saw the photo, I'd be like, sweet. Yeah. But then he would tell you the story of yeah. like what why I made this or like what was going on. Yeah. And instantly like I see that completely different. Yeah. And so that's like I would I always say I would I would love to go to a museum or art studio, whatever, and like look at art, but with the artist, yeah, and like them tell me like what was that? Because the story is almost like it. sometimes like more meaningful than the 100%. actual, you know, item or the materialistic thing yeah. that you're looking at. It's the same thing with my like with my whole channel. Like, it's funny because if somebody's asked me like, "What's your what's your favorite? What's the what's the video you're most proud of?" Yeah, I I. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I actually, I'm kind of embarrassed of all of them. <laughs> I'm, I look you back. Shouldn't be. I they're look, all great. I look back on them. I'm like, oh, I don't really like this one. Oh, yeah. I don't really like this one. But I love the channel that I've created. Yeah, and your so, body like, of work. Yeah. So right? I, I, I started treating it like it's like a documentary. I love documentaries. Yeah. My yeah. channel is a documentary, 
and not no one video is that cool to me. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. But the channel, the documentary I'm creating, that's exciting for me. Totally. Like, I love that part, you know? So, yeah, you just take those steps and you will end up somewhere where you're like, what the heck? Like, yeah. you know? And it's always, and sometimes it's like, it's better than you imagine. And sometimes it can be a little like off than you imagine. But historically, through all my experiences, like, I, I sometimes just pinch myself in certain moments. I'm like, how am I here? Yeah. How is this? How is, why? Why me? This <laughs> yeah, is so yeah. strange. Thank you. Thank you, world. But I think also like when you put intentions out, it comes back. You know, I, I, I sometimes I worry about like a little bit of like that hippy dippy stuff. But like, I think it's true. Like if you say it out loud, mm. I think people start. And I think oh, this is my helps. theory behind it is that like you say it out loud and then let's say I, I need help. I'm like, I, for example, let's say I'm like, I'm, I really want to pick up rollerblading. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, f- funny enough, I'm, I actually know a lot about rollerblading. Yeah. Here's the things that you need. Here's this, yeah, yeah, this. And then yeah. all of a sudden now I'm into it. Yeah. But if I just kind of kept it quiet. Yeah. And I think it's because humans innately at a, like a core level, I think want to help each other. Mm-hmm. And I think the moment you start saying like, I want this from the world or I want this from the world, I think everyone's just trying to like, yeah connect you and sometimes it manifests in like really weird ways like we were just in mexico so i was mentioning like the real estate uh, stuff because we were like lizzie and i are maybe thinking about getting like a vacation property that we can spend a few months of the you know the winter can i visit sometimes oh absolutely we're getting a two-bedroom or a three-bedroom do have friends (laughs) so that is definitely the goal we just have to decide where it is right now so we're kind of like country shopping in a weird way decide decide which ones that we want and like those properties are a bit cheaper, but to tell you like a really crazy fun story that just kind of happened from that. And that also shows that like when you say something and put it out where life can go and how amazing it can be. So long story short, I do a, an Instagram post or an Instagram story. I'm just like, Hey, I'm Puerto Vallarta. Does anyone know a real estate agent? So a fan connects me with his agent that helped her. Like mm-hmm. she helped him buy the house and he was really happy so she starts saying, all right, I'll show you some of the different areas. And I'm, she's like, what do you want out of a place? And so we say our list. And she's like, I have a place for you, but it doesn't hit any of, like, not any of them, <laughs> but it hits, like, half of the ones that you want, but I know you're going to love it. So the first place that we go to is this, like, pre-development condo. And this guy comes around the corner wearing, like, a GT3 hat, which is, like, a Porsche GT3 hat. And he's like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm not wearing my suit. I'm sorry. Like, hi, I'm Alfonso, the the uh, the developer. I'm like, man, the developer's coming to like, yeah, come yeah. say hi. That's pretty cool. I was like, I love your hat. GT3, you into Porsches? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, do you have one? He's like, yeah, I have three. And, like, <laughs> yeah, and so because I'm passionate about like cars, we just start like nerding out over specs and things like that. And then super serendipitous. So this property is like built on the back of a canal. So they, it's like a marina that's attached to it basically mm. that they're building up for like, the owners of the unit, which is super cool. Mm. So you can have a sea do in your backyard, which is rad. That's perfect. Right? So we come around the corner and there's a 2018 Sea-Doo Wake Pro 230, which is the exact sea I own in the exact color scheme. And I was like... Just happens to be planted there. Right? And I was like, oh my God, that's the exact same. He's like, oh, this yeah. This guy's a master seller. Oh yeah, imagine. <laughs> He's just like researching all these things. And, um, and then he ends up... Um, He's like, yeah, I just bought that two days ago. I was like, did you buy it off Facebook Marketplace? He's like, yeah. I was like, I was looking at that one on Facebook Marketplace. I was just curious at like what they were selling down there. And then, so we hit it off. We become friends. And then he's like, hey, are you interested in coming out? Like, uh, I'd love to take you on the bay tomorrow, like on a on a yacht ride. And I'm like, oh my God. I was uh, like, sorry, I'm a little busy. Sure, <laughs> sure, why not? And then, so we all go and like, you know, it's another country. We're trying to be like careful and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I read the guy well enough to be like, this guy's probably legit. 
And at the end of the day, he's probably trying to do like a sail, but whatever, let's just go. And we go out and he takes us on the yacht. We see like the whales and he never mentions anything about the developments or anything like that. We just had this amazing time. I ended up like shooting this like campaign I needed to do while I was there too. But what I'm getting Perfect. at with this story is like, think about how small, like if you bring it back to that route, yeah. like life was so amazing because we like decided, like I just said one thing yeah. and then another hey, thing we led. Should do this. And, and then, then I had this super memorable moment. That's like a top 10 moment for me that I was just like, seeing the most amazing sunset with new friends, with all the people I love on this boat with whales and mm. seagulls are coming around and we're drinking like the tequila that the woman's dad makes at a factory. Like I was like, life can be so amazing. And it's like, none of the, all that just came from just saying one thing. And I'm sure there's people who are going to watch this podcast and go, well, of course you were looking at real estate or of course you're doing this. It's like that happens on small levels everywhere. Yeah. You know, like I remember being in a Starbucks line and um, a friend was behind me and popped in. Hey, Chris, how's the, how are things? Oh, I'm making videos. Oh, funny enough, a friend of mine's looking for a video. And then I ended up building this like relationship with this company mm. and that led to amazing things too. So yeah. I think life can be where I'm getting to and what I want you to take from the story because it was not a flex is purely from <laughs> so like... So then I was on this yacht. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard for it not to sound I was buying a little... <laughs> uh, another property. You know, no. <laughs> but what I, want... I don't think anybody's taking it like no, that. No, <laughs> I hope not. You did. <laughs> yeah, clearly I did, but nobody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but what, what I really just wanted to take away is just like put your intentions down in the world. Like if you want to be a YouTuber and you're yeah. scared of it, just start saying it. 100%. Start telling people that you want to do it because then that's when the collaborations come in. That's when like these amazing life experiences come and life can just be so great. I think if you just say you want it to be. And everybody is scared and nervous yeah. to, to do those things. Like, I'm sure people watching this, like, of course, Maddie starts a podcast. Yeah. But I thought about it for a while. I was <laughs> like, I don't know. Talk to a Tyler, you know, like, yeah. and then like that, you know, the small steps. Like, so it's going in my head. Like, I think I should maybe, I really like podcasts. I listen to them all the time. Yeah. And we had the Maddie and Pete show have it, but it's, it's very hard to schedule two people. Two adults oh, oh, with families and jobs yeah. and traveling. And I absolutely love doing it with Peter. I just wish we could do it more. So I'm like, yeah. maybe I should do it my like just my own podcast. Yeah. And then I was like thinking, I was like, I don't know. And I don't think anybody cares. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody wants to listen to me. And it's not going to be interesting. It's funny how like, the doubt is such a real yeah. thing. Yeah. If I don't have Peter here, yeah. like who's going to listen? And then, then I tell Tyler and then, you know, like one step. And it's like... Tyler, do you think Chris Howe is going to want to come on? I'm like, I don't know. Like, maybe he's probably super busy. It's like, uh, Chris, do you want to come on? Yeah. The, uh, you know, but and, like, then, and then my actual reaction when you send me the text. <laughs> but it li yeah, lit cool. <laughs> but literally in my brain, it's like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience him. Yeah. So like, maybe he'd be willing to. It'd be cool. And like, yeah, everybody else it always like, of course that guy's doing it. Of yeah. course you should do that. Of You're scared you should. of doing this? Yeah. Why? But we are all, like I, I'm listening to the the Dave Grohl uh, uh, biography. It's super yeah. good because it's 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 narrated yeah. by him. So uh, it's he's his so voice. cool. I love him so much. It's so yeah. good. And just he, like, it's like, I think it's the first time that I've heard like a, a full on, as big as you can get rock star and not just any rock star like like Nirvana where you're just yeah. like like the stories are nuts yeah like and selling out O2 stadium multiple nights in a row but also like the whole like kind of like the I don't know almost I don't know enough about this but it almost seemed like the start of like that hardcore like crazy like you know yeah. crazy show stuff yeah and him being scared yeah like I would never think like 
oh, that rock star. He, yeah. I bet you he's, he's scared so right cool, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you just like, man, how, how does he not care about this mayhem that's happening? He's yep. just like, what a boss. And then you hear the backstory and like, yeah, I was freaked out. Like totally. I wanted to run out and like I like where's the emergency exit? Like, and then you're like, oh, like they go back to their normal lives of like no money and stuff. It's like, yeah. like what? Like you know, and so like it's always easy to look at other people and say like, oh, of course you should do that. Yeah, but then for yourself, it's like. It's just way scarier. Totally. And it comes back to kind of what you're talking about before. It's like the little steps, like you push outside of your comfort zone just a little bit more. And sometimes the leaps are a bit bigger than you want them to be. Maybe it is playing this massive show in front of a bunch of people, or it's this big undertaking of a YouTube video that really like you learn so much from and Mm. it's being uncomfortable for X amount of period. But like, that's what makes you more resilient through all those things too. And you know, then you, but then you still have enough, like you're still doing the podcast. And that's like, that's what matters Yeah, you took the step. Yeah, yeah. And like, as much as you can like, like constantly keep thinking, oh, I'm scared. What about this thing? What about this? Whatever. You're just like, let's just, let's just do it. Yeah. And like, you don't know what, I, funny enough, I saw like a really interesting tweet even yesterday. Like, it's like uh, someone did a thousand episodes of like a Tesla podcast and they mm. invited Elon to come on it. Yep. And then he responded, yeah, and said, sure, like, I'll do it. That's a lot of podcasts. That's right. Like, I'm coming on. <laughs> yeah. And I just think about like, I just think it's like, it, you don't know when these like moments of success are going to happen, but like, as long as like they took a thousand steps yep. or whatever it might be like, yep. And that's years of constantly making something. But, you know, I think like that in that case, it's like literally anything is possible. Yeah. Right? As long as you take one small st- it's And that I think that sometimes comes off as discouraging because you're like, yeah. well, I can't do what that guy did. Yeah. Well, that's because he didn't do it in one step. Yeah. He took a thousand, a hundred thousand steps yep. to get to that place. And, and any one of those small steps, like... Like to the audience, it's like, well, you just texted Chris. That's not a big step. Like, yeah. uh, it's like, okay. But it can, it can feel like and that. And sometimes it feels like it. But yeah. yeah, it was a pretty small step in the end. And like, yeah. that's all it took. And then like, you know, this this morning, I, I, I was a little nervous. Like, oh, I don't know how this podcast is going to turn out. People are going to hate it. Yeah. And it's like, well, I could just text Chris and say, yeah. hey, let's just do it some other time. Like, yeah, yeah. never mind. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Things came up. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. Or like. Let's just go for it. Yeah. Like, let's just try it. Okay. Let's let's start setting up the cameras. Let's start setting up the mics. Like, yep. and like, you know. I always I always get that way before I travel. I don't know yeah. about you, but always. I get really nervous in the airport. Always. I get really nervous right into the moment I enter the airport, and yep. then I go, "This is the best decision I've ever made." Mine is to the point that I get my bags checked in. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't fly with checked bags, yeah. but for some reason, I always stressed about like. What if my bag is too heavy and they're, I'm gonna have to like go through the whole thing and yeah. like it's gonna be a nightmare? I don't know why, but yeah, same thing. Stress uh, it's right because, up to that point. Because I mean, travel is stressful and it can moments like that. But I think you have to like, I call it like it's like similar to like investing. It's like averaging in. So yeah. like if you average in all your travel experiences, they're probably mostly all amazing. Mm-hmm. And like even when we first got to Mexico, like super stressful. Arrived at our hotel. They didn't have our bookings, or so like, oh, we don't have Perfect. a place to sleep. Awesome, awesome, yeah, right. And like, yeah, and there's insurance and blah 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 to make you more comfortable. But those moments, like, my bag didn't show up, and the booking wasn't there, and we were all like jet lagged and tired and everything yeah. like that. And I was like, cool, yeah. traveling sucks. And then yeah. the next day, you're like, and then that that thing happens where you're like on the boat, and you're like, wow, what an amazing life. Traveling experience. is insane. I will never forget this experience yeah. for the rest of my life. So, because yeah. I always get scared about doing that. Like, it just happens and you, you get really close to something and it's really easy at that last second to just like, 
bow out. Oh yeah, right? every I think everybody gets that, yeah. and it's like big and small. Like literally, it, like this podcast, it, it didn't really cross my butt, but that nervousness it's could fine. have cost me that you know starting this podcast where it's yeah. like. I'm just going to go, I'm going to stay home. It's yeah, more comfortable. Like, uh, and like, oh, we're leaving for Norway soon and yeah. this is happening and there's so much to do. Yeah, there's always an, like, ex- yeah, uh, there's an excuse like for everything. My account just texted me and I have to like, yeah, ah, or I'll whatever just, it might yeah, be. Yeah. And But then then you do the thing that you love doing mm. and then you're just so happy that you took the step. So yeah. I, I resonate with that. Yeah, after, especially after this pandemic, like I, I, I think it's over ending. I hope it's it, over. It's weird how it's, it does feel a little bit like of a sweep that like all the governments are like well, okay yeah <laughs> no more pcr testing yeah norway nothing like no I, no I, requirements you could just come in, in okay, Mex- cool. like in mexico i swear to like it did not exist yeah like i was like no one talked about it oh last i i went to finland last summer yeah. and like here it was like i couldn't go to the outdoor skate park <laughs> yeah. i could go to the park but not the outdoor skate park yeah because yeah um so we were just like f it we're going to we're going to finland yeah Few weeks later, I'm literally in a mall, no mask, because there's no cases in the the city. Like yep. I, I'm at a carnival with no mask on, and there's like I almost had like a little mini panic attack. I've never had a panic attack, but I yeah. felt a little bit like oh shoot, like there were people all over me. I was yeah, like, yeah. what is? But anyways, after this pandemic, I've really realized that like this is what I value. Yeah. Like life is so doing YouTube is so empty. Yeah. If you cut out all the people totally like, yeah, it's absolutely pointless. And that's probably with any job or anything. If you cut out all the people that you're doing it with, that you're meeting, that you're like interacting with, that's what matters. Empty. Like there's no point to it if there isn't the people. And that's why I was like, yeah, podcast. Like I love talking to people. Yeah. It's a perfect excuse for me to get, Chris to come over here yeah. and just chat about stuff. <laughs> no, exactly. We, we probably have this conversation without mics in front yeah, of us as well. Exactly. Do you are you someone that gets like energized around people, or do you find that like uh, if you're around people for a long time, they can kind of pull your energy and you have to recharge? Or are you somewhere like in between? I think I'm somewhere in between. I would say I'm a definitely an introvert. Yeah. Like I I do need that time alone yeah. for sure, which is really hard with two kids and yeah. a wife. It's like is that is that home. is that why like running is a bit of your like like yeah, your, definitely. Your, your yeah. own time. Running became the thing because um, during the pandemic, you couldn't really do, as in the beginning, couldn't really do anything. And yeah. I was like, I still want to stay like active. And then it was like, it was like the one escape from my jail. It almost like, that sounds really rough, but no, like, no, but it, it that's is kind it's a, it's of a what bit it of a was. reality, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I just like fell in love with re- uh, listening to podcasts and re- listening to books. Like, I, yeah. I, I love books now. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, I hated running, hated reading. And now I absolutely love running yeah. and I love reading cool. just because I figured out a way to do it. That's, are you that's more like really audiobook or are you um, definitely like more physical? audio? Yeah, definitely more audio. I, I, I there's something about listening to it and like I can uh, I think my brain loves efficiency. Yeah. So like the fact that I can run. Yeah. Which doesn't take any brain power for me. Yeah, it's very passive. And then I can listen to a book. Yeah. And actually, I crave running because I want to go listen to a book. Cool. Not necessarily because I want to go running. It's good that they're intertwined because then, like, one could trigger the other. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I want to go running. I'll listen to a book. Or I want to listen to a book. I'll go running. Like, it's they fe- they're both very positive things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's I I I bet any money if more people were able to tie a really positive thing to a, a workout, yeah. any sort of exercise. They would do it way more. Oh, absolutely! But the problem is that most of these like trainer people are like the the psychopaths who just <laughs> enjoy 
the workout for some crazy reason. Yeah. And then the mere mortals of, of us are just like, this hurts. I don't want to yeah. do this. Yeah. And so you need another positive thing. Yeah. Like, and so for me, as soon as I like the, the any, anything, anything that draws attention to the run yeah. is terrible for my yeah. run. I hate it. If if anything, like I, I switched to using the Nike app and by default it was like announcing like my like pace and stuff. And I was like, great workout. This is the <laughs> worst run of my life. And my best run ever, still to this day, was listening to, a, uh, I think it was a podcast actually, it might've been an audiobook, running and it starts just pouring, just like, just drenched. Yeah, yeah. And like, I wasn't thinking about the run at all. It was just fun. Like yeah. a little kid running through the rain. I was like, I'm going to embrace every moment of this. And by the end of it, I come home and I'm, I'm completely soaked. Like yeah. walking into Massive my building, smile. <laughs> concierge is just like, what happened to you? <laughs> like, you know? You're like, I had the best day ever. <laughs> yeah, my headphones broke. Like everything was just like, like I could have been, not, but best run ever. It's like anything that takes, every, anything that takes up my mind off of the run is incredible. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, that's why I like enjoy sports so much. Like yeah. with wake surfing, like I yeah. can have this incredible workout. I get home and I'm like, whoa, what, what are these muscles that yeah, hurt? Yeah, I don't even, yeah, what, yeah. what, what did I this? do? But I, I like, I had the best time ever. So like, I think that's the similar thing is like creating yeah. friction in, in like the, um, the unenjoyment sometimes that is like working out. Yeah. So like right now I, we've been, I, we have a Peloton at home and I have the most fun doing it. It's still like, I recognize the workout, but because they're like a class or like, mm. I'll take like a, a certain fun class in there. Yeah. I, I really, it, sometimes 20 minutes, 30 minutes passes by I'm drenched and I'm like, yeah. I love life and yeah. I'm like, this is great. But that's also why I love like tennis or I love skateboarding yeah. and I love all these other things because yeah, it's just same. like you're you're exercising without exercising yeah like because you're just having fun exactly yeah, yeah those are like I, I snowboarding has become like a new passion of mine again yeah just like, we should go one time I ski by the way oh and also James Howe skis are you like are you good like okay so I like okay okay <laughs> I preface that with can you ride down a mountain and not die yes I good? think so so um I used to blade. So I was the kid with the tiny skis and I'm like, I'm so jealous. I'm, I used to rollerblade and I always wanted to get into blading, but it was too lame. It is a little and I lame. I was too embarrassed that I went with snowboarding because all the cool kids did snowboarding. Yep. So I, I just, no, no that. offense. It's, I, it's okay. I, I, I recognize I'm it. I'm embarrassed <laughs> that I didn't go with my dream of doing blades. I feel like I have to, I, I think we should do that sometime. Yeah. Can you teach me how to blade? Oh, for sure. I let's, still have them. Let's and go like, do it's it. just so funny to like go down the hill with these little tiny skis and you like almost like walk with them. Like they're almost like shoes down. A, <laughs> I, like, I literally wanna, feel I gotta, like rollerblades. I have to experience it. They're, they're really fun. So this uh, last year at the end of the season, I bought big boy skis so i bought like a Ooh. park like a twin tips to like if i want to go to the park or not i probably yeah, won't because yeah. i'm like old now yeah and i don't, hurt I don't do any that's what yeah, i yeah. said i'm 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 good but i don't yeah do it's just not that. worth it like i'm good like i don't need to hit a rail to feel happy in life like no. i can do there's something else that i'll yeah. get that hit some powder and i am on like cloud tail like, so yeah, yeah. i went um right before the pandemic we went to switzerland and they were like i had to film uh, like some skiing stuff when i was down there or over there and they gave me like full size skis and I went down like the big mountains and it was like, I was like Here's stressing. The yeah, the I was top. stressing because I, I hadn't done it for like at least two years and I was always used to blades, which like kick out really yeah, easily. Yeah. And this, these were like big, I had this like big chunks on the back that I wasn't used to like throwing around. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got down the hill, I can do it. But it's definitely like, give me, give me the buffer of like three or four runs. You don't want to go heli, heli skiing right away? 
I, if that was in the books, I would love to do it. And that then is I would the just, goal now. Yeah, I would, man, I would love let's, to go to Whistler or Heli Skiing with you. Like, let's figure it out. It is it is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah. That's still one of the coolest things. That's why I love YouTube. It, it took me from being the guy who films people do really cool things yeah. to actually getting to experience totally. those things. That's the best thing ever. Totally. It, it's weird when you have that shift. I, I experienced that with Mercedes. So um, previous to being a YouTuber, I was doing these events where – I have so many good stories about this, but we'll just go to like where this connects – um, where I was the guy filming everybody having fun and mm-hmm. the cars drifting on this lake yep. uh, in Gimli, Manitoba. And then the one year they asked me to like make a YouTube video, make some content for us, and also be like an influencer for the day. You can and drive do, a car. And you can drive it. So I, instead of just like being the guy shooting all the photos of the cars drifting, I actually got to drift the cars. And I was like, Wow, this is amazing. I'm glad I had both sides to it. I'm just like you had yep. both sides to it. But definitely there is a side that's like, how how cool is it that like I can experience this now and people will also get joy yep. out of like myself experiencing this too. Is I know it's cool. The funny thing is that before I thrived on being behind the camera. Like yeah. if you would have asked me, do you want to be in front of the camera? I'm like, heck no. Like, yeah. no, you're an idiot. Like I want to be behind the camera. And that's yeah. like, that's the interesting part. I think is that like, that was the safest place. Yeah. Right? That was the safest place for me. And then when I realized like maybe, and then like I got, I'm like, Oh no, I've like, I still like being behind the camera, but yeah. I would rather be behind the camera and yeah. <laughs> get to experience totally. this. I think it's this like weird psychological thing. Like, like I, it took me a long time to not care so much of what other people think of me, like a mm. really long time, yeah. like some therapy and everything like that. Just because Behind a camera, I can shoot and there's no like judgment. Like people can yeah. comment on your photo or your video, but it's not the same as when someone comments on you because mm-hmm. c- someone commenting on your skill yeah. is just like your skill isn't good enough. Hey, what's with, what's with Maddie's eyebrows? Yeah. She doesn't have any eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's the thing. And like, though, and you, I, I do think, have eyebrows, by the way. Yeah, they're, just, they're gorgeous. They're They're really nice. Eyebrows. Yeah, I can, I, I can see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's one of the things that it's, it seems scary to put yourself in front of the camera because you are opening up yourself to so much judgment. And I also don't know if you've like, maybe not with you, you guys are very nice and kind, but like I've been in the rooms where you watch like some of those reality shows and all you do is just comment <laughs> on me. Like I can't, oh, like, look at how, like, look how trashy doesn't? they are. Like at this. And I'm like, are they talking about, like, could that be me in this situation? Like everyone's at 100%. the table. But like you got to get past it because the world's, when you put yourself in front of the camera can be so great. And it's also a really great exercise in learning so much about yourself. And you start to learn all these things. Like you watch yourself back and you're like, why do I do that? Why do yeah. I have this like every time a camera comes around, I like put my eyebrow up Why or am something. I squinting all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and and you start to and then so I think like for for me, like this has just been these past four years I've had the most growth in my life as a person because I'm I'm essentially like filming myself looking at myself and mm. like almost editing like my personality to who yeah. I really want to be mm. because I get like a full picture of it mm. in its most uncomfortable state. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. So I think it's been really nice. Like I, I think YouTube has also just made me a better person and a better, like, I think I was a little bit more like egocentric before. And now I care about like everyone's success and yeah. everyone, whereas like maybe the first year or two on YouTube, I was more about like me and yeah. how I can do it. And then I'm like, I don't like that person. Yeah. Why don't we fix that? That right? was one of the things I was smart enough early on when I started YouTube to realize that like, 
you are building a character, right? Yeah, totally. And yeah. you want to make sure that character is as close to who you really are as possible. Yeah. Because eventually you'll be like, I hate this character. Totally. And it's not you. Yeah. And people expect you to be that character. Like imagine like like Logan Paul vlogs, like that's a character that he built. That's yeah. not like, yeah, there's probably aspects of Logan in there. But that is a character. Uh, absolutely. And he clearly blew up. And then he's like, I don't want to be that character anymore. I just no. want to be Logan. And like his podcast and whatever was probably really helpful yeah. for that, whatever. Well, it's 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 like on a really deep level, it's similar to hiding behind a camera because you're hiding mm. behind a personality or yeah. hiding behind a character. Yeah. And then that character is not you. So again, you can always kind of throw it on me like, well, they're judging the character. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. not judging yeah, that's actually true. me. That's true. That's a good point. And it's, it's really like this weird place to just be like, and I agree, like I, it's, it's such a, like uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's just, it feels so good when you meet somebody that's a fan, and they're like, "You're exactly like you are in your videos." Yeah. Like that or might you're be the even nicer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's like, oh, that's thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do I come across as? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess you can take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like to take things in the positive. I, yeah. I, I always tell my wife, I'm like, assume the positive. Yeah. You always win if you assume the positive. <laughs> totally. But you, when you put yourself out there or you put a version of yourself, people do put you a little bit of an in a box. Yeah. And so there's, it's trying to show as much in depth. This comes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of all this is like, can you show as much as your personality and like, how much are you wanting to show? Mm. And like, I don't know. I just, I want to be as transparent and as honest as possible on yeah. YouTube and just like, here's who I am. Judge it as you see fit. If you yeah. like it, cool. If you don't, whatever. It doesn't, make any it doesn't matter. It really does. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Although it's still does. Like it's, it's no, there, there is like a it, 5% it matters. At high level, it doesn't matter. Day to day, you're reading comments and you're like, Positive comment, positive yeah. comment, positive. And then there's the one idiot that says something annoying. And you're yeah. like, God, why does that bother me still? Yep. Like, even though I, like, I think I'm pretty good, I'd never engage with negative comments and stuff like that because I think it's better to ignore than to give them a platform. Totally. But still... Why does it, why does it, even if it's like a tiny bit, why does it, it's just, I guess it's just human nature or whatatever. Totally. I think it's just like we care, right? Like just like as much as we like being in person, the internet still feels a little bit like we're communicating and then you, you want to be like, but you don't have the context and you don't have the understanding and you don't know what my decision making is. And you don't understand that I had a deadline that I needed to hit. And this was like the way the edit is. I'm trying to please you, but I'm also trying to please the client, (laughs) but I'm also trying to please myself. And it's just like, and then you're like, it just doesn't matter. Chris just makes hangs out and makes videos. Like he just films himself. It's so easy. Like yeah. you know, like I, I, I hate I, oh, that this is video a tough one. Sucked, Chris. Like, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Perfect. I just need. I, I made this for you. I appreciate this. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Are you a gearhead at all? Do you like tech? Do you yeah, like cameras? I like, I like tech. Yeah. I think I don't come across like I'm a gearhead. I I, I was like 50 50. I was like, yeah. it might be really or it might not be. I would say, like, when I was running the agency and like the technical mattered a lot to me, I was like super, super, super gearhead. Yeah. And a bit of my shift, and I feel like I can like combine this with a funny story. My shift now has all been about story and honesty and authenticity. Like that's what I care about more. So maybe more of my time and more of my energy is focused on 
building that out rather than like building out gear. But I still nerd out over tech. I still get mad when tech doesn't work. I still want to improve upon like image quality, efficiency, editing, like all these things matter. Like having a good computer still really matters to me. Having a great camera that has good image quality, that's reliable, that has good autofocus, that has good codecs that are easy to use, that are easy to color grade. Like these are all things that are still important to me. And I can like get as hardcore as a Gerald Undone on certain products to Mm. then being like, let's just go as surface level as like, this is a camera that presses record and captures my face. Yeah. Right. So like there's a spectrum everywhere in that. Yeah. Um, Does it matter as much anymore? Not like it did four years ago where I would be like, I would chromatic aberration mattered to me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're like, what I, is that purple how fringe? Sh- how sharp is that lens on the edges? Yeah. On like, the corners. Where, whereas that doesn't, I, it doesn't matter as much to me. And maybe yeah. I won't crutch as much on like the the success of something being because of the technical, yeah. but I needed to be versed enough to be able to talk about it competently. Yeah. Now, where it's funny is like when you first start and you hear about storytelling, and that's been the big focus now is how do I tell better stories? Because that's creative. Like I never understood. We'd be in school and they would say top lines are director, producer, you know, yeah. actors, writer. And I'm like, why do they get all the credit? What about the camera guy that has to yeah. like do all well, the data? Well, blah, 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 blah. All the rest but then you start like, to understand mm-hmm. that like, the success of something literally hinges on it being marketed properly and mm. how well and creative it is and how much people resonate with the story. Yeah. Th- those are actually the things that matter. And there's way more pressure. Way more on pressure. Those people. Totally. Like if you're just a guy behind the camera, there's some pressure. If you're yeah. the guy directing the guy behind the camera, plus other, there's way more pressure. Way there. more pressure. That's why it's like directed by, yeah. you know, Peter Jackson. And like he gets yeah. the credit because Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings because of him. Yeah. Not because the camera guy used, uh, yeah. you know, FX3 with a built-on Atomos yeah. like recorder shot with this. Like yeah. it matters yeah. and it's important. And I'm not devaluing that information, yeah. but if you want to look at the success of a media company or the success of a YouTube channel, and which is like what we do now, that's the creative, the idea, and the execution of the story are really like the crutches of a successful channel, yeah. right? So when you first start out, I mean, this is the funny thing is like when you first get into this whole space, I feel like we talk about it. We go, it's all about the story. It's story. It's story. So you hear that and you don't understand it as a newcomer to this space. Mm. So I, man, I will never forget this. It was so embarrassing and wonderful. So I think I heard it somewhere like, oh, you're not a videographer or creative director or whatever it is. You're a storyteller. So rather than saying like whatever, you know, a YouTuber now, I used to tell people I was a storyteller for like a very brief amount of time. <laughs> the brief phase. Right, because I was like, that's what I do. I tell stories. So I went to like at anything when you're figuring out the beginning of your job and your career, yeah. I went to a network meeting, which by the way, never go to a network meeting to network because that's just other people who are looking to network and no one's actually trying to provide value yeah. to each other. Yeah. Like you network by they like- just want to get a leg up. Yeah, and it's all, <laughs> exactly. And the, all the people at network events are the banks that want to give you a bank account because you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. They're the insurance companies that want to sell you insurance and it's all the Perfect. other things that, yeah. right? So I'll never forget, I, the woman who was running the event came up to me and she's like, uh, I'm gonna introduce everybody. Like, uh, what do you? What's your name? And what do you want to be said? Um, so I was like, Oh, I'm Chris, and uh, I'm a storyteller, right? So she goes, 
and she stands up in front of everybody and she goes, hi everyone, welcome to the meeting. We're going to be going around and I'll be introducing you and I was the first person. They're like, this is Chris and Chris is a storyteller. So if you want to hire Chris to tell stories at your kid's birthday parties <laughs> or like tell stories at your next business meeting, he will tell a story and you will love it. And I was like, I never told you I tell stories at birthday parties. Like what did you, you made this part up. I was literally going to make that joke. Like, yeah. oh, what? So you tell stories to your kid? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget. I was like, and then afterwards I was like, no, no, no. Like I make videos and they're like, I tell your story, your story matters. Cause you, that's how you sell I'm a not thing. Your stories. The camera guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a storyteller. I don't, don't hire me for your kid's birthday. Blah. So it, you don't understand it. Right. Like I can say now like, oh, story matters to me and I'm a storyteller. And I understand what that means now. But when you first get into it, I think it takes yeah. a long time because I, I almost feels like sometimes you have to go technical and you have to get good at making videos till yeah, then to the, the first point. Step. It's the first step is like understanding like how a camera works yep. and then how to capture something to then eventually get to a point where yeah. now I go, how do what what is this video and what is the story that pulls somebody into it? Yeah. Well, right? it's because you don't understand what a story is. Like I, yeah. I used to, when people said like, oh, you got to tell a story. It's like, what? Yeah. I'm like, I got to find a villain in yeah. this. Like, well, who, sometimes it just it like, just feels like marketing d bags talk is about it. Chris <laughs> the villain in this podcast, and we got to tell a story. Like, am I, am the, I hero? the hero? Am I, am I the <laughs> yeah. anti-hero here? Like what? And like I didn't understand it. And then you start understanding. You're like, oh, you can tell a story like in so many different ways and it doesn't totally. have to be like a like a book that you used to read with exactly heroes and villains and just like when you you know I, I'm, I'm not a youtube i'm a filmmaker it's like yeah oh now i'm a youtuber because i understand it yeah the same way you understand stories and suddenly yeah you're a and, every, and every day you chip away a little bit more at it and you understand yeah. it a little bit deeper and then yeah. it becomes this like super big rabbit hole where you start to appreciate all the nuance in something and you appreciate the nuance in a story and you appreciate that like Here's how we can position it and how people relate yeah. to it. So, so what camera do you use? <laughs> <laughs> this the book I'm reading right now is. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, storytelling is really important. But what camera are you using right now? <laughs> um, so right now I'm Sony A7S III uh, is like my go-to for got, for everything. We got on you right now. Yeah, it's a great camera. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, you were the first person to let me play with it when it first that's came true, out. Yeah. But I, I've been, dude, I've been using Sony for like seven years. Yeah, you were definitely before like, me. On, like so. way in on it. So like funny enough, I actually grew up with the head of Sony Alpha, the Canadian marketing department. She was the head of like not the head or maybe just like one of the, yeah, the yeah. top people at the oh. camera department so for Sony up. Canada. And so she grew up at the cottage beside me, oh, right beside so. our cottage. So I grew up with... So of course you grew up with Sony then. So yeah, so I literally grew up... I literally you can't trust the thing you say Everybody about <laughs> at that, exactly. Um, and, you know, when I was first like kind of getting into it, I like I'd reached out to her and just being like, yo, I'm like starting to get into like making films more. And she was kind enough to be like, all right, like why don't you borrow a Sony camera? Um, so she gave me like some of the original like Sony A7 IIs, Sony A7s, like some mm. of these like really, really early ones that some of them even weren't even shooting video, just like photo and stuff. And then she gave me the Sony A7S. And I think I was like one of the first people in Canada to get to play with it. Oh, wow. Because, and I didn't even know, like at the time, like now, yeah. I'd be like, oh, embargo, get it? Like film a video? What a moment. But like at the time I was just like, cool. I like sat on it for a week and then like, went and shot some music videos with it and just had fun and like this is the naiveness naiveness that i miss when i started my channel i'm like yeah oh cool yeah i'll make a video like, yeah it's now it's fun. like oh i have pressure i gotta, I yeah, gotta hit that embargo what? if i don't <laughs> yeah. if i don't get it out for 
So like that stuff is like real now, but at the yeah. time it was just very much like you get to experiment. So like I, I've been using Sony for like, I think six years, like original Sony A7S, I bought it. And I bought a lot of this stuff because I was able to get it like at like a good rate. I was able to get things like I could borrow stuff. Like my friend would literally be like, oh, do you want a Sony A7R2 for like mm. three months? That's I was like, yeah. Yes, for sure. So like, yeah. give me the camera here. Here's some, here's all the lenses. Mm. Decide which ones you like later. And then like, I was able to buy a lot of gear either through her or with her or with Sony. So I got everything at discount. So purely it was just like, I bought one camera and then I had this hookup that would let me play with all sorts of stuff. And like, I didn't have that with Canon, didn't have that with Nikon, but right. I've used all those cameras. Like my yeah. first proper DSLR camera. Like, it's funny. So actually, if we go back right to the beginning, Digital Blue, second camera my mom bought me with her points from Shoppers Drug Mart. Heck little yeah. point, and point and shoot Sony Cybershot. So first proper camera was a Sony. Then uh, my dad, then my family noticed that like I was doing a good job at this, bought a Sony Handycam to start filming all our fa how family actions. of course. And it was. I also, Mini DV. that was the first camera. So yeah. Like, sick. So I was still shooting on tape. That like dates me a little bit too. Yeah. And then, the next camera was a Nikon D80 or D70 or something like that. I don't think it was in the 90. I think D80. Was that the camera where you're like, like single? You're like holy. Yeah, shoot, I was like got a 35 is... mil and like we got hired to shoot parties and stuff like that. <laughs> Tell stories. <laughs> is, is there a camera for you where you're like you unbox it and you're holding? And you're like, dang, like this is a like. The, the possibilities are like, you know, like, yeah. do you, did, have you ever had that moment of like, to be honest, the, it, it's really like, I found all of them to be tools, but the first one that really made me like shocked was that new Ronin 4D. Mm, yeah. I, I thought that was just yeah, so nuts. cool and like yeah. groundbreaking. And I was just yeah. like, and the way that like you could have like the wireless monitor and someone yeah. could monitor it. And I was like, this is just like an it's amazing, most innovative camera, That's super made, cool, like ever. ecosystem. And I, like, I've always just been such like a gimbal fan, like yeah. for my whole life, I like just loved it. So like to have a camera like that, that just felt so, yeah. I don't know, inspiring in the sense of the technology and what was yeah. capable. I just, the only thing about that camera is just, just big. Yeah. Like, I just don't yeah. like big cameras. It's heavy. Right. So like my biceps were yeah, like, exactly. even though there's no gimbal or, or no external gimbal or anything. Yeah. Like. It's still amazing and very light for what it is, like yeah. in oh, relative to the yeah. competition. Yeah. But that that was one of those cameras where I was like, I felt jazzed to make something cool with it yeah. because I unboxed it and I was like, this is Definitely sick. Same. Yeah. I just wanted to see what I was capable of. Totally. But I also have I have vivid I have a vivid memory of ordering and buying or getting my first cinema camera the c300 mark cool. two and that was like uh i'm a film like yeah it's, I'm, it's I'm legit more legit has now. xlrs like, <laughs> like i can work for these agencies now totally and not be embarrassed that i'm bringing along just this camera or that mirrorless camera or whatever you know totally. like i actually have a cinema camera now i can hook up like mics to it and yeah stuff. like you know i'm i remember holding yeah. it and it and it cost more than twice what my car was worth yeah so that's I, I was like I'm, I'm going all in on this like i don't care about having a nice car like i'm yeah because it's a tool this. that matters to yeah. you and provides income and yeah is, is i, something I would that, be able to make my money back by doing shoots renting out shoots blah blah blah. get better know? clients because yeah. of the optics of it rent it out like yeah. whatever you want to do with it right do you want to unbox a camera with me i would love to unbox a camera i have a camera that's the embargoes, I think it should be should be after this. Cool. Oh, you have it. This is a. How do I not have it? <laughs> what? So they just sent me this GH6, and the reason why I think this is kind of a fun box, a fun camera to unbox for me, is because I started my channel 
and I was on the GH5. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. This is kind of like full, full circle. Full circle. Right, That's right awesome, man. But I haven't opened it up yet. I, I have no idea what it's like. I, I Yo, actually do know do some it. of the specs. Yeah. Um, I it think looks you great. Should, you should get the honors of oh, uh, opening it up. Oh, come on. Here, can we, uh, we'll do step by step. <laughs> together holding right, it. I got, I got the flap. <laughs> now you get okay. uh, I'll do that part. Now you, you pull out the camera. You pull it out. <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. This is this is always this never gets old for me at least. I I'm still so, definitely how like come this is a universally every camera <laughs> every box camera has like seven steps yeah. and you can never it. put it back together no, the same like, way once the paper done, you're like does it go here <laughs> once you've opened it once that's it <laughs> okay oh there we go oh and it's always the same little like yep. package ooh, this already feels really good okay is this in the way the by way the way this is not not sponsored by Panasonic or anything like that I don't I don't have any camera sponsors. That's, yo, that's rad. What does it feel like? It's, okay, I'm, you know I'm big on ergonomics. I think the I, when a camera feels like an extension of your arm and eye, that's a big win for that's me. That's one thing with Sony's. When I hold it, I'm like, it feels a little off. Totally. I love Sony's, but it feels a little just off. Just ever so slightly. I'm yeah. like, I wish my hand was just ever so yeah. slightly smaller. I take a can and yeah. I'm like, this feels a little bit more legit. Totally. The biggest reason I, I used um, the so GH5 sick. in the beginning when I started was because it had a flip LCD screen, right? Nobody Why? else really was doing flip LCD screens. It's yep. like, what the heck? Like, It's so important. So I bought the Sony A1 mm -hmm. and I forgot when I bought it that it didn't have a flippy screen. Oh, and when it shoot. came and I was like, I thought it was, oh. <laughs> I, and, I was and then I like, was like, I even made a video talking about how it was almost perfect. And then and I like, forgot. Like, that just shows how quick YouTube is sometimes. Yeah. This is, this is rad. Like this, this feels great. I like, have I also a big fan of like the, uh, the red buttons and stuff like that too. Except on the R5C, it has a red button like this, but it doesn't <laughs> record. Okay. There's another button here that's also red. I'm sure yeah. you can make that other one record, but that threw me off. Ooh, this is, it has been a while since I've held one of these in my hand or a, a GH, whatever. I still remember when I was starting um, filmmaking, I was obsessed with getting like the most film-like look out of my, my yeah. digital. I've never shot on film. I've yeah. never shot any video on film ever yeah. to this day, but I wanted that look. And so I've, I've spent so much time watching different cameras. And I remember when the GH... I think came out and I was yeah. like this I can this I can make look sick yeah. and it actually my like my biggest travel films that I, in the beginning that I shot GH4 like yep. that was like I, I still have a friend that shoots all his stuff on a GH4 and it looks amazing which yeah. is also just like a great reminder that like the gear matters to a degree but not fully you know what I mean? Every camera nowadays is Yeah, good. it's so good. If you can't, any one of these cameras from any company, if you can't make it look good, it's simply because you suck. Yeah, yeah. And you got to <laughs> learn some more, right? Like, Oh, yeah, they all have amazing sensors. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. exciting, man. I uh, I think... It's okay, Tyler. I think one of our cameras cut out. Yeah. We'll probably be done soon. Have we been talking in a long time? Yeah, our yeah. cameras are all dying out of bat. Yeah. Like, we must like, have been talking for a long time. We're like... <laughs> What? <laughs> are you serious? No wonder the batteries are. I apologize that this first podcast is two hours. <laughs> You're like, do I have to edit this now? Can you even post two hour long videos to YouTube? <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, hour 30. That's, That's still a long time. Uh, thank you, Chris, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for <laughs> unboxing this camera with me. Maybe we'll make something with it. Uh, this was awesome. Thanks so much for, Thank for you being for the having first me. guest. I feel like you're going to have to come on again because 
I'm sure there's a million I'll, things you I'll, can I'll like come on about. if you need a, like a co-host for the day or something, yeah. just like a hype man in the Heck background. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Thanks, man. Thank you.